In three, two, one, roll the footage. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Simon Severino, your host. What if you could hang out with sprinters and ask them about their problems, their workflows, and their solutions? That's exactly what we do here at the Strategy Sprints podcast. And today we explore with the founder of Pixel Perfect why time for money is a bad idea, how you can have multiple revenue streams working for you, and how to serve your audience this week. Welcome, everybody. Sagi Schrieber. Hey, what's up? Great to be so here. So cool to have you here, Sagi. Fellow podcaster, designer, entrepreneur, creative preneur. What are you currently <laughs> creating? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, into a couple of things right now. Uh, three main businesses. One is my UI UX design agency, which we do uh, UI UX design work with um, uh, companies like um, Fiverr and, uh, and, and big companies and also small startups all around the world. Um, and uh, we actually run something called Design Sprints, if anybody knows what that is. But yeah, I'm also a sprinter, I can say. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, besides that, Pixel Perfect is Israel's largest design blog where I sell multiple online courses um, and have uh, the biggest course here in Israel for UI UX. And uh, besides that, I have Commit First, which is a community for creative entrepreneurs. And that's kind of, I think, uh, one of the biggest things that I came across in recent years uh, with regards to taking myself out of you know, working in a business to working kind of on a business and growing my businesses um, while also growing my life, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And it's so great to have a fellow sprinter here because this community was inspired by, by the sprint work done at Google and at many other amazing places that have developed the sprint methodology for the products. But there was nothing for, on how to run a company with these principles, with the mm -hmm. principles of build more than you talk, uh, yeah. use this single intelligence, and put the group on top. All these beautiful principles there. Yeah. Uh, and our question was, mm, how can we run a company with these principles? And that became the Strategy Sprints method. So yeah, it's, it's beautiful yeah. to see the community growing. Yeah. How, Tell us about your podcast. You have an amazing podcast. Sure. Thank you. Um, my podcast is called Commit First. Now, um, the thing about the podcast and also what I'm kind of like, I think we want to talk about is, I mean, I came up as a UI UX designer for the past 10 years. That's what I've been doing um, actually for the past 14 years. But for the past 10 years, I've been actually working with startups on product in, in product companies um, on their UI UX side. Uh, coming from being the first designer at Fiverr.com. I was the first designer in the company. Um, after that, having my own startups, being acquired by SimilarWeb, which is another big SaaS uh, company. Um, they just IPO'd. And, um, and then working with other, like tons of other startups and also being a mentor at Google for seven years. So I've been, I've been trained in Google headquarters in California on design sprints um, in the first ever training for design sprints. So coming up, designing interfaces and user experiences um, was great. But um, as soon as I became an entrepreneur and I kind of left my day job, if you can say, or left kind of like the, um, the, the role as an employee in, in a big company in order to work on my own business, that's where I got into debt. 
and I couldn't monetize. And I found myself working so hard. I couldn't even see my own. I have three kids now. Back then I had two. And um, I didn't see my wife. I didn't see my kids. It was hard, man. I mean, I couldn't, you know, I, it was like at one point, um, it was two weeks before the credit cards were due. And I was um, already after a loan that I wasted, 30K, which is 100,000 Israeli shekels, which is a lot. And, um, and I didn't know where I'm gonna, how I'm going to monetize. And I, I felt if I needed to be a real entrepreneur, you know, I need to go down with the ship uh, if it goes down. And um, that was the wrong way of thinking because I said my first priority is to monetize. So I'm not going to see my family. I'm not going to see I'm going to work until I get this thing. Um, and that's the biggest kind of strategy. Uh, or if I'm hitting it early, let me know, like the strategy set, like question. is like, what can we do as business owners to make sure that we are not getting burnt out or being overwhelmed um, too much and actually designing the life we want. And that's where my aha moment came. It's where um, in that moment, two weeks before credit cards were due, I decided, I decided to do something. I, I said, okay, I'm gonna go, I'm not gonna go down with the ship. Like I'm, I'm gonna do something about it. And I hired a coach. I flew in a coach with thousands of dollars I didn't have from the US to Israel. And he sat down with me and he helped me design kind of the vision for my life. And uh, since then, it's just amazing how much I discovered and how much time we can have with our families, with our kids, with our hobbies, doing the things we love, but also growing our businesses. Um, and I think that's what I'm really, really getting into. And that's what my podcast is about, is about, yeah, I've been doing user interface design for, for, for the past nine years. But now I'm very getting much into life design and taking the principles coming out of user experience and design sprints and everything that we're talking about and actually implementing them into life. Um, so that's what it's about now. Beautiful. So two weeks before the credit card was due, how did you make it over that threshold and mm. what happened then? Man, um, so first of all, I cried. <laughs> I did. I, before I, like, that's, that, that was a break, breakdown point where um, I kind of figured out, okay, I'm really screwed here. Um, I, I tried to, I, I was like six months trying to monetize, but couldn't get it straight. And, um, and it was just like, I felt like a failure to my wife, to my kids, to my partner in business back then, to my, um, to my community and, uh, and to myself. And I just, I remember just like walking the dog one night and I just broke down and cried. I just, and, um, and while crying, I remember I was like, well, okay. First time you're crying as an adult, Sagi, but you know, great. This is going to end in about five minutes. What are you going to do after that? What are you going to do about your situation? Um, and that's where I kind of, I, you know, at the moment I said, okay, I'm going to find the advice from the best entrepreneurs I can. Um, and that's when I, I already knew the coach I was going to hire. I um, called him up and I flew him over to Israel, thousands of dollars. He came over here. Um, it's someone I read his book and I, I listened to him on EO Fire. I know you were on EO Fire as well, right? And, oh, uh, John, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was on that podcast too. But back then I didn't know John. I just listened to the podcast, heard this guy on the podcast, um, read his book. And then I said, okay, I got to work with this guy because he has a similar story to mine. And um, he helped me build a vision. Now, the thing is this. Most people are like, I, they're putting priority first on their, on their monetization, on their business, right? Because that's kind of like, we feel that's our oxygen. Um, and, and most people think they got everything else in life kind of locked down. The problem is they don't, and we, we don't. Um, and the way to actually 
design your life, the secret is to prioritize your life by values, right? And um, that means, and that's actually a, a, simple, um, a simple drill that you, everybody can do right now. Like actually, just, you know, after, watch the replay after that and pause at this moment and do this exercise. What you have to do is just take a pen and paper and write down a list of all your values. You can write on the top of the list, just write things I care about in life and just write everything down. And you'll find you care about your, maybe your uh, partner. Um, I wrote down like my wife, my kids, like um, my health, my, my spirituality, uh, my, uh, which by the way, I'm just like, when I say spirituality, I'm in no way religious, like in nothing. Like I, I think I'm more Buddhist than Jewish, although I was born Jewish, you know, but it's kind of just, I think entrepreneurship is a spiritual journey. And, um, and, and my mindset, my, um, my business, right? My, my revenue streams. And I just wrote down everything. Once you break it all down, what you have to do is you prioritize because something's more important. Some things are more important than others. Like your family, my guess is like more important than the business, right? Um, and, and some things just take priority. I love this that you say entrepreneurship for you is, is a spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. I, I think the same, but I never heard anybody on this podcast saying that Can you elaborate on that? For sure. And, and by the way, like saying life design, that's exactly that. It's a spiritual journey. That's what Commit First is about. Um, you know, we all think it's like the external things, the money, the monetization, the strategies. At the end of the day, on here, right? Um, uh, brain heart coherence. Because um, I was just talking to a friend yes, yesterday, and he told me, and he's like a great entrepreneur, like ex-Googler. Like, this guy is amazing. And he told me, Sagi, like, I'm, I feel I just, you know, I just feel bad with myself. I'm like, why? And he said, I don't know, man. Like, I'm trying to think about it, but maybe it's because I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm doing all this work. I'm working super hard, but I'm not feeling I know what I actually want to do, like, you know, eventually in life. And, and I know I want to do something and, and, you know, work for, like, I'm watching all these documentaries about, like, Michael Jordan and, and, um, and Bill Gates and, like, and, and all these great, amazing human beings that have done so many so like have really like owned in on one thing and went all in on it and i just don't have that one thing and i said okay so you got like a lack of clarity of vision and what we all need to achieve is clarity of vision but that's the journey because you know none of us i guess have it 100 i mean you you probably don't know what like where where you're going to take this community like 100 you know that you're down you're you're dedicated to this community right uh to the show You're showing up every week um, doing the show, but you know where is it going to go? You might not know, but you do know one thing: you have clarity on the fact that you're doing this this show and you're interviewing these kind of people and you're you're serving that kind of people. Like so, you kind of got everything down. A lot of people just don't, um, and uh, and and that's the journey, right? And in order to understand and get clarity, it doesn't it never comes from the outside. It always comes from within because we have it basically two things we have the brain which tells us and we mostly it's like the, the part that less kind of serves us in, in that regard um, but we have the heart and the gut the heart um i don't know how to differentiate between the two but basically the heart shows us the direction it's our compass so if we're looking at ourselves i see us as like um we are all on on boats in the ocean all entrepreneurs kind of looking to get island, to conquer islands. All the rest of the people in the world are kind of just floating about in a stream with their families, with their friends. If they fall off the boat, they got like a nice floating thingy with a big ass sign, comfort zone on it. They can just grab onto it. They're on a stream, 
fine and in the current. But we're not. We got out of the current to conquer islands. We're conquerors. We're explorers. That's us entrepreneurs. And once we are in the open sea, we have two things. We have our, our technical boat, right? We have the wheel, everything technical. That's the brain. But what we also have is the compass that tells us where to go. We can steer left or right technically on the wheel, but we definitely need the compass. The compass is our heart or our gut feeling. Um, and, um, and that's what we really need to pay attention to. And that's a whole, right? like that's, we can talk about it for hours and you know, how to get that kind of to, to get clarity, to understand how to read our own hearts and to follow them as well. And to not only that, but to stop having the brain get in the way, right? Because um, for instance, when I flew in this coach, um, this coach costs thousands of dollars. My family and my partner told me, are you freaking crazy? You're not gonna pay thousands of dollars for a coach. You don't even have the money, you are in debt. And um, I didn't, you know, and it was kind of like a gut feeling move. Um, but that's the best move I ever made. He helped me like start my business, uh, I, you know, ever since I've been like multiple six figures in climbing. Um, and it's just, you know, so actually listening to your heart is the most important thing. Um, and that involves mindfulness, mental toughness, um, developing strategies for success, personal development, getting inside the core understanding of faith. Um, it's... Um, prayers, affirmations, everything you hear about and like the woo-woo stuff. But um, I really believe in the law of attraction, like understanding how to work with the universe to get things to come to you instead of pushing hard to get them. Um, and um, yeah, I've, I have amazing stories regarding that as well. So you can take it whatever way you want. <laughs> and and uh, we can also be patient with ourselves when we conquer the islands. It, it, it takes time. And it's okay, and something will will fall in place bit by bit. Like right. it took me forty years to to understand that this is about the sprinters, and um, some things just did fell in place year after year. So, for example, this podcast was called the Strategy Show for three years, and then a friend of mine who is also in our mastermind, Ali Ali Abdal, he says, "Hey, Simon." Why do you have a name for the brand and another name for the show? Call the show Strategy Sprints. And I was like, you are right. So, and you are, so what, why I tell this is we are also not alone. We, we are in, in an ecosystem, in a community. So right. vulnerable. And if we listen, we get a lot of clues from others. And they see the integrity, the alignment, the thing that we maybe not see. And... Yeah. Uh, um, it's it's there we can help each other yeah beautiful i'm i saw that you did the 75 heart challenge the mental tough oh, right you're on the two right you're on day 73 day 73 today oh congrats man what happened after after day 75 for you oh man wow great question first of all congrats on being on day 73 did you um did you fall off at any point not yet not yet. Okay. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, yeah, I fell off first at 25 days, and um, and that was kind of hard for me. Um, that's when I, when I really wanted to quit. I think that's when your mind really messes with you. Um, and then after that, I uh, went a couple of days, fell, fell off again. I guess it just, I wasn't kind of like in alignment. And then after that, I, I went back to it. Uh, no, no, I, I didn't have a day off, even one day off. I just kept doing it. Um, and then got to 45, fell off again on the selfie every time. Um, and, uh, and then, and then I, I did it again and finished. But that was 
for me, 75 Hard was a journey, like crazy journey. It took me like six months to, sh to finish it. Um, and through COVID and everything, like I started before even COVID hit, like in January, March, COVID hit, the lockdowns, everything. Um, kind of like, where am I going to do my outdoor workout when every, everybody is in lockdown, you know? So um, it, was, it was a hell of an experience. And I think to people like us that kind of like are doing it, you're like, toward, you're going to end in like two days. Holy, you know, it's amazing. Um, and, uh, but to people like us, we understand the effect, right? Like the effect, like besides the outer external effect, um, this is like, there's an internal effect, like crazy mindset. That's exactly what I was talking about. That's a spiritual journey, mental toughness, um, understanding you're going to do something and then you're going to do it for 75 days. Um, and for me, after 75 hard, I, it was looking out for, it was looking for my next experience. And actually on the week I finished, I went into a seven days uh, meditation retreat, Vipassana. Um, and it was one of the toughest things I can say I ever did. <laughs> it was kind of like, I, I, I see it as an equivalent of the hardship that 75 hard in the whole six months it took me to complete 75 hard. That week, seven days, like with just no one to talk to, just, you know, you know, being with yourself, no cell phone. They took my cell phone. They took my camera. I brought in a camera to document because, you know, I'm you know, a YouTuber. Why? Why not? Right. But yeah, they took my camera and I'm like, okay, so at least can I have my cell phone to check in with my wife and, and kids? Um, and, and the woman there is like, Sagi, I don't know where you think you came to. This is not a reality TV show. Give me your phone. <laughs> so took my phone away. Um, and then, you know, at least I was like sitting there and I'm like, okay, this is going to be a spiritual thing. Yeah. I'm going to, so I'm sitting meditating and I'm having this, like, you know, this, I'm feeling like it over here, like at the, whatever chakra you call it, whatever, like you, I'm feeling like the energy. I'm like, yes. So I'm coming to the monk over there. Who's like the teacher and like, yo, I'm feeling this like thing when I meditate, I think I'm on a, on, I'm on a roll here. And he's like, no, Sagi, you're doing it all around. I'm like, what, what isn't it supposed to be kind of like a, a like, you know, a spiritual and like under like feeling. He's like, no, there's nothing spiritual about what we're doing here. This is meditation. It's Vipassana. Vipassana is 100% just do with yourself. Just be conscious of everything. And that's it. I'm like, what? This is boring. No way. So anyways, <laughs> um, seven days, seven days, crazy. Um, only two meals a day. Um, um, you, you fast like during the evening, like you don't eat dinner. Um, you wake up at 4 a.m. Uh, you meditate most of the day. At the end of the day, at the end of the seven days, you meditate for like two hours and then you have half an hour break and then you go back to meditating for two hours. So most of the day you are in meditation. Crazy. Um, and, and so also physically hard on your back, like at least at the beginning. At about day, at about day five, my back, like I just stopped feeling it. So it was okay. But like until day five, it was com complete suffering. Um, also just meditating, seeing a scorpion walking near me kind of, you know, and they're like, shit, like, um, so actually, so all these experiences, that was a seven day, very hard experience. Um, and, uh, after that I went in and looked for my next thing. My next thing was, I'm going to look for my next mental toughness challenge, something I can bring in my, all my mental toughness into, um, but I'm going to make it like a short experience. What's it going to be? Um, and then I decided to get a tattoo. Um, not just a regular tattoo. I'm going to get two tattoos, I said. I'm going to make it painful. I'm going to make it big. Um, like I always wanted. I always wanted the tattoo. But I was um, 37 years old. So um, it was, for me, it was kind of like, you know, I just never did because I, I, I'm afraid of needles. I'm afraid of the pain, kind of. Um, and, uh, and so I went on and did it. And I got um, two very big tattoos, one here, 
uh, that's it, camera. And then one on my chest, like full on, all the chest. Um, commit first, carry out later over here. Remember to be mindful over here, to remind myself on tough days to just like be just be in a moment, be mindful. Um, eight hours set in there, you know, and that was also practicing mental toughness, practicing um, the day before, kind of thinking, okay, what if like there's COVID in there? Or what if like the needle is like, uh, you know, not sterilized correctly? What if I get an allergic reaction to the ink? What if like your mind starts messing with you? And you're like, okay, bitch voice, shut the hell up. Duh. You know, like close it down. And then the day, on the day, you take quitting off the table and you come in there and then you face the pain. And just like facing the pain, like, you know, coming up to the pain saying, no pain, bring it on. Um, and then, you know, while the pain is going on, just saying no pain and, and, and kind of practicing everything, you know, just, uh, it was a great experience. I really enjoyed it. Actually, now I want to get more. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was, that was next for me. Um, and um, I have one more thing, but I, I'll stop here if you want to ask any questions. One more, give, give, it, give it to us. <laughs> okay. Um, so that goes back to designing your life. Right. Um, and um, and also going back to 75 hard after 75 hard, you start asking yourself, OK, like, OK, now I'm just taking my time doing whatever I want. I have no discipline in my life, kind of like, you know, before I had all this discipline in my life and now I have nothing. But what I learned in 75 hard is, first of all, it's um, that I can do what I'm saying I'm going to do. Like I, I understood. Right. You understand things about yourself that you and and you get that kind of. Um, self-confidence maybe, right? That you can do it, like it, which you didn't have before. I, I know about you. I, I, I was in the army, like, and I didn't have that self-confidence that I had, you know, after 75 hard. It was um, kind of really, it, it, is, it, it is a game changer, especially when you're older um, and you do this kind of thing. So um, I have zero self-confidence. I go out there and uh, I, I run 10 kilometers every day because at kilometer wow. seven, I'm like, oh, this is too much. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I do it also fastening. And then I want to have this between seven wow. and 10. There is a small transformation that happens in me and I stick to it. I do it. It transforms me. I come back and now I have confidence. But before... Wow zero i'm just a panic bag and after 10 kilometers i am i am <laughs> i am confident i know i can do it and then the day starts nice nice i mean i i don't know i mean i think i just remember at one point i just felt really really confident i'm like okay i'm gonna get this day and <clears throat> but i know what you feel i, I know what you're saying because it's like sometimes you are before the exercise or before the day and you're like, oh my God, how am I going to do it? Or you get to the night and you didn't have time for one exercise, then you have to do an exercise at like 12, p like 12 midnight, um, right? And you're kind of like, okay, I'm going to freaking do it. You know, fuck it. It's, it's raining. I don't care. It's like 12, it's like midnight. I don't care. I'm going out there. And um, when you come back, you're like, when you come back, that's like kind of, after you do the hard thing. And, um, you know, that's, so I'll stop for a second with a, with a caveat, just to, just to go on, on understanding like why that is, why that feeling is, because it's, it's interesting. All of us are looking for happiness, right? We're looking to be entrepreneurs, successful uh, sprinters, right? But we're looking for happiness. At the end of the day, we hate overwhelm. We don't want to be overwhelmed. Um, and uh, we want to understand how to get rid of that and how to have our mind kind of at ease, be happy, right? Um, so 
that comes from two things, and that's under, understanding 75 hard. Um, one is, um, one is because the mind has two functions. The mind, like the like our heart, has, has has a function. Our heart is beating, pumping blood in our bodies. You cannot stop the heart, right? We can't stop it. We can try. We, we can't. Right? You can say, "Oh, maybe I'll stop my heart." No, you can't really do it, right? Um, also, you can't stop yourself from breathing. You can stop maybe for three minutes, four minutes if you're doing Wim Hof, maybe. But you know, that's it. Like you, you're going to keep on breathing. The body does what it needs to do. Um, we don't control it. Once we understand we don't control our own bodies, our own bodies, we cannot control our own bodies, then you know, we don't control either our own bodies or the mind, which is interesting. Now, the mind has another, the, the function like the heart for the mind. The mind, by the way, is kind of like, you know, they, it's not the brain, but it's kind of like maybe we're imagining something here. I don't know. But the mind kind of like moves us towards happiness. That's the function of the mind. The mind seeks happiness at all times. And how does it do it? It goes in two ways. It tries to go towards pleasant experiences on one hand, and it tries to avoid unpleasant experiences on the other. Make sense? Right? And then so pleasant experience, we all know what that is. Pleasant experiences, right? We want ice cream. We want like the, the, the nice, you know, food, the, the, you know, just enjoy our life. Um, we know also that pleasant experiences, sometimes when done too much, overdone, they can bring harm and suffering. So the mind would not like that. So we know to avoid drinking too much alcohol. We know to avoid eating too much food or eating too much sweets, whatever. We know how to do that. We all kind of control the pleasant side of the mind. The unpleasant side, however, is where most of us suffer, especially during COVID. When COVID hit, oh my God, that was the part where people that were not trained, were not mentally tough, really felt like shit, you know? Um, and the reason is because we don't control the unpleasant experiences in our lives. So while the mind tries to back off of unpleasant experiences, sometimes unpleasant experiences come to us, not sometimes, most of the time. Right. So being mentally tough or developing mental toughness is going towards unpleasant experiences all the time, basically callousing the mind. And if we do that every time, once we finish something super hard that we've done, we feel good about it. Right. Besides the rush of dopamine, like all the physical effects in the body, we basically understand the mind is like, oh, we found happiness here. We went towards the honest, unpleasant experiences and we rocked it. And that's where you know, at the beginning, the mind is like, no, no, don't go towards that unpleasant experience. Don't go for that run. Simon, don't go for that run, right? And you're like, no, I'm going for that run. That's you taking over your mind, being the master, the captain of a ship. And you're saying, go. And when you come back, the mind is like, good job, Simon. We know, you know, we know we give you a hard time here, but, you know, you, you did it. And then you're like, I told you. Once you get that self-confidence and to say to your mind, I told you so, and the next time your mind gives you shit, that's the bitch voice we're talking about. You say, well, I told you back then, and I'm going to tell you once more, and I just don't listen to you whining anymore, okay? You're going to thank me later. And you go out for that run again. Then slowly but surely, one time after the other, after 75 days, you're a different person. That's it. Like, you control your mind in a way that you never controlled before, that unpleasant space of the mind. The pleasant, great, right? You're going, you're, we already got this. 75 hard is not about that. The unpleasant, that's where 75 is. You know, where most people never, ever in their life even treat that, you know, area. And that's when you have the pleasant lockdown, the unpleasant lockdown. That's where you can be happy. Because no matter what comes at you, you're okay, kind of. You know, it's like, fine. You know, I'm mentally tough here. Um, there's more to it, obviously, like finding joy. But that's another topic. 
but it's um it's something that I think is int very interesting. Um, so that's the thing about the happiness in the mind, seven feel heart. But okay, going back to what my my challenge right now, right? That um, is something that has to do with everything that we talked up until now. Is recently I've looked I've looked again at my values and what I care about, and one of the things that I not one of the things, the thing that I mostly care about and I moved to the top of the list in 2020 was my health and wellness, my physical and mental health. Um, and I brought it into 2020 even before COVID. I didn't, you know, it was in, in January where I kind of thought, rethought my values. I listened to Hal Elrod. He was talking about like moving health and wellness first because if you don't move that up first, then you can lose everything below. Um, so if you, put, if you put your family first, you're going to lose your health and wellness if you're going to put that first every time because then you're not going to go on exercise when you have to be with your kids or your wife. Like you're never going to reclaim, like claim your spot, you know, and, um, and, and do the things you need to do. And I was looking at, okay, so what are my priorities? Now, priorities are uh, mental and, and, uh, and physical health. Uh, my, and with that comes fitness and meditation and everything like regarding that front and uh and then my family my wife and my kids and then my business so if those are my priorities i have to look well in the mirror and ask myself and that's the thing that only like a few months ago i kind of like looked in, my, in the mirror and i'm like sagi how does that come to be in your schedule in your in your google calendar how does how does the how do those values kind of like play out in your calendar and i'm and i'm saying shit i don't have any slot in the day ever in a week for exercise, never. I just do it whenever I have time. And obviously, a lot of the times I don't have time. Um, and, um, and so I remember that 75 hard, that if I, you know, you, you probably noticed this, but I, for me, when I did the exercises and I was calling like, in 75 hard, you do like three to four hours on 75 hard every day, right? Um, so the rest of the day, you're like, I'm not working, what's up? And, it's kind of scary at the beginning because you feel you're not, you're going to lose momentum. You're going to lose revenue, uh, lose business. But at the end of the day, I just grew my business like exponentially during doing 75 hard. Um, I don't know how that works. Maybe you're just more effective. Your brain works differently. That's the whole thing about working less and kind of like gaining more. Um, and I said to myself, okay, I can do it again. I can do it again, but I'm not going to do 75 hard. I'm going to take, my values and I'm going to put time in for my values. So every day between 9 a.m. to 12 uh, noon, I make time for working out and meditation. And that's basically what I did. I just put in my calendar. I locked that down. Nobody can book any meetings with me. And, you know, those are the times where people wake up and all the, all the fires start happening. Then they want, you know, you to serve their agenda. And like you get rushed into like a lot of like spinning, like, crazy stuff with the business um, and also kids and everything like so. But for me, I just said, okay, nine to 12, nobody touches it. I, I, I can, I do some things sometimes when there's like a meeting with the doctor or something fine. But besides that, it's for meditation and, uh, and fitness. And that's for me is that's the journey I'm in right now. Like I'm, I'm battling all the things that come out of my way when uh, you know, that trying to in interfere but I'm finding out I'm actually doing it. And, um, and the fact that I'm doing it, again, go, it goes back to that 75 hard feeling. It's like, okay, you did the hard thing today, Sagi, and you, you can start the day now, right? But you start at 12. You have less time to work, but I'm actually feeling way more efficient. Um, business is growing while I'm doing it. So everything's okay. Um, so that's pretty much what I have going on right now. I think this is something 
that many people can resonate with from their experience because let's say you work 14 hours but at a very low energy level yeah then how good are your decision going to be how high is your integrity how inspiring is it for the other person on the other side of the zoom or of the table so and imagine you have instead six hours or four hours or even three hours but you show up filled up you are at peak state you are a better listener you are centered so you are not afraid of what's coming up you are okay with everything and of course people bring you their problems if you are an entrepreneur you solve problems so people so bring you more problems right and but you are you are relaxed you have this peace inside of yourself that you are describing and you know you are able to slice the elephant into parts and to make a steak party uh, later <laughs> out of that. Sorry, elephants. <laughs> it's just an example. <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody. Uh, it's just uh, you. You. You know. Okay, it's big now, but you will make it small. You will. De- you will work on it, right? Yeah. And and that comes from your energy level. Uh, which, as you say, it's also something spiritual because this is how your consciousness embraces or not embraces the current moment, right? Yeah, definitely. If you fight against it, uh, that's a different um, meeting than if you say, okay, welcome, all right, yeah, we don't have any leads in that country, all right, let's let's start from scratch. Yeah. <laughs> we know how to start from scratch, so we will we will do it. Yeah. I think that's exactly that resilience, that um, that spark, that knowing and self-confidence that you can do it all. You know, like we talk a lot about self-confidence, but, you know, most people don't even know what self-confidence, where, where is it coming from? And um, I think most entrepreneurs are, um, are maybe de- like attaching themselves too much to the results. Um, and I think there's something that also should be, you should, we should reclaim our confidence, but we can only reclaim it by our actions. So, you know, our, our actions lead to our results and we tend to derive our self-confidence from our results. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, like you said, you come to a country, there's, there's no leads or there's a blank space or whatever, like anything can happen. COVID comes and wipes out your whole entire business out. Um, results happen regardless of us. Like, you know, we can make, we can take massive action, but at the end of the day, results will come or not, you know, we don't control it. We don't control the world. Uh, however, you know, uh, pessimistic that it seems, it's not. It's just like, we need to understand the truth. We don't, we don't control any of the results. Um, what we do control is our actions, which will lead to results if the conditions are fine. And um, our actions come from our ambitions. So first of all, we have to start with our ambitions. Because our ambitions are 100% like, that, and that's the vision part I was talking about, right? So we got the vi- we need to have a vision. And once we have a vision, we have clarity of vision, we have high ambitions, we work with high aspirations, and we take massive action. We take massive action regardless of the weather, regardless of what's going on outside, inside. We, we, we do it. We go all in. And once we take action, our actions can never be bigger than our ambitions. Our actions are always kind of the same or less than our ambitions so once we have our ambitions they lead to our actions our actions lead to our results and our results lead to our self-confidence but if we detach the results just detach the results just put them aside and derive our self-confidence taking a short loop to our um to our actions then we are in a great loop that nobody can break 
right? And then from our self-confidence, we drive back our ambitions. So it's a closed loop. Our high ambitions and vision bring to our actions. And we take massive action. We drive our confidence from those actions. And from our actions, we drive the self-confidence. From self-confidence, we drive um, our, our ambitions back. And in that loop, results will happen. Magic will happen. Things that we never expected um, would happen. Because then we're basing, instead of our results, we're basing everything that we're doing and our self-confidence on our actions. And actually, it's kind of on faith. Our faith is somewhere in between, right? Um, in between our ambitions and our, and our self-confidence and our action is, lies faith. Once we have faith, the law of attraction just opens up. It's, then it gets to the woo-woo stuff of like um, energetic fields or whatever, like people are talking about. I, I'm not into that, I, but I, I'm definitely into the law of attraction and I know it works. Once you're in a different state, and that I think 75 hard kind of brings you to that state in a way. Mindfulness meditation brings you to that space. Everything on the spiritual side brings you to that space where you're operating on a different level and things being, are being just attracted to you, right? Um, so just really recommending everybody to do that. Absolutely. And um, you have had some great mentors on, on the way. You have told us about your business uh, coach who flew to you. What yeah. else has, has, has been um, a support moment on your journey oh man i mean um in the past um in the past four years i spent over uh 300k um on coaches masterminds and self-development um i spend well over two thousand dollars a month on personal development um regularly i always have a coach um right now i have um a life coach at the moment, which is different than all my business coaches, because back then I had business coaches. I was in, uh, you probably know Pat Flynn. Yes, yeah. Pat. He's one of my heroes. I love him. So I was in his mastermind, in his first mastermind. Uh, we were 12 entrepreneurs, and we we're like a year under Pat's kind of mentorship and uh, weekly calls. We met at a villa twice in, in San Diego, um, just like for two days, just like masterminding with Pat. And um, just 12 people and just sitting in that room, you know, is just game changing talking to Pat just, yeah. And, and the thing is I was, a, I was an anonymous entrepreneur from Israel, by the way, just saying a broke anonymous entrepreneur from Israel. I just followed Pat for years. How did someone like me get in touch with Pat up to the point where I'm actually accepted to his mastermind uh, out of just about a couple hundred thousand people that applied? How can that be? You know, that's again, it kind of has to do with, um, you know, with, with that thing that I said, high ambitions um, and law of attraction. I, I got to meet Pat by coincidence. I, I said I had a paper uh, when that coach flew in and then he told me, write down your vision. I wrote down, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to build a business. I want to make it profitable. And then I'm going to go on a popular podcast to tell my story. And I wrote down two names. I wrote JLD or Pat Flynn. That's what I wrote. Six months later, six months later, and that, that was the six-month vision. That was for me a six-month vision. Six months later, I'm flying out to San Diego to social media marketing world. Why? Because I heard Pat is going to be there. Um, and um, I, I didn't care if I just shake his hand in the hallway. That would bring me closer just 1% to the goal of being on his podcast. But I, I didn't expect anything. I didn't even expect to see him in the hallway. Like This is like a massive conference. The day before the conference comes and Pat announces that he's doing a meetup in WeWork San Diego. And 
I'm, I'm like, you know, fuck it. So I'm going to be there. So uh, sorry for the language. So mm-hmm. like, I, I, and um, I go inside and I check the tickets, sold out, booked out. Like, oh my God. So um, as soon as I say, I, and then I said, I'm going to be there no matter what. That's the decision, right? You've got to say to the universe what you want. I'm like, I'm going to be there. I don't care that there's no tickets. We're going to make it happen somehow. As soon as I say that, someone in my in, in, a, in a closed Facebook group I was at saying, hey, everybody, I'm here. I'm jet lagged, giving my, away my ticket to the meetup. Who wants it? I'm like, me, me. Give me the ticket. I go over to the conference that same night. I walk inside, wait 30 minutes in line to just get my badge. Walk inside. We work like third floor, Sandy, downtown San Diego. The whole place is packed, packed with people. And then I see a line. So I start counting the line. I'm like, oh, okay, where's that line going? I'm counting people. And then I'm seeing at the end of the line, Pat Flynn, like, Pat Flynn, Pat Flynn. Um, and then I like, I wait in line and I'm like, oh my God, this is a very, this is a huge line. How are we going to do it? Um, and, um, and then I see another line. I'm like, where, where is that line leading to? In the same space. I'm like, and so I'm following the people. I'm like, where's that going? Where, where is that? <gasps> JLD, JLD and Pat Flynn in the same freaking space. What are the odds, <laughs> right? The two names that were on my list six months prior to that in the same, I'm in the same room with both of them. What are the freaking odds? And, um, and the, the, the thing is, I wasn't in line for both of them, like about half an hour for Pat, um, then a bit less for JLD, but I managed to network with both of them in a way that I started in the same, like two weeks after the conference, I, I um, joined Pat's mastermind and he it didn't, it didn't do it for everyone. But for me, he said, dude, I want you on the show to tell your story. That happened like the same, like the same moment. And, um, and then after that, JLD sends me an email. Hey, um, you know, let's talk about working together. And uh, I redesigned his homepage. Like, what are the odds that these things happen to me? After that, obviously, I've been on his podcast and everything. But I now I am in touch with JLD and Pat, you know, like DMing, like, crazy stuff right um so um again goes back to everything we talked about but those kind of like my mentors if you ask who they are like jelly is a mentor of mine like pat is um i had uh, mark bonus who's an amazing entrepreneur from um from uh, australia he's an amazing seven-figure entrepreneur he's a, he was a coach of mine um kelvin wayman he was my first coach that i was talking about kelvin wayman this guy's amazing he has a book called fish out of water i recommend it to everyone uh, fish out of water, game changing, um, and uh, and Kevin Wayman is is definitely like is now a good friend, and we're talking like regularly, and um, and uh, yeah, I had, I had amazing coaches. Now I have a, a coach named Tali. She's a life coach. She's one of the best life coaches ever. Um, and um, yeah, I'm just blessed to to always meet the the right people. Um, yeah, and that's and that's exactly your core brand, right? Commit first and then execute. Execution comes right after you commit. Definitely. You brought, you brought them down in six months. It was very specific. This name, this name, time specific, six months. How, yeah. how cool is that? And, uh, and you realized your goals. How, how can people find more about you? Where should they go? All right. So first of all, um, my YouTube channel. Really recommend everybody to check out my YouTube channel, uh, which has the podcast as well. Um, but my YouTube channel has also other videos. I made a whole series about 75 hard. Anybody who's considering trying 75 hard, I did a review, including tips of how to get through it, including what to do if you are um, if you fell off 75 hard, and then how to re- really kind of like engage with yourself to to reinitiate and not fall off. 
Um, because if you fall off, that's the biggest mind if of it all. That's like the biggest, like um, the hardest point. Don't fall, like, so I had uh, three videos on 75 hard for you guys. Um, I have videos about mental toughness. I have videos about like everything that I'm, you know, that we've been talking about, I share over there. And also the podcast is there. So you, first of all, YouTube channel is called Commit First. That's the YouTube channel. Second of all, the podcast. If you guys are listening to podcasts like um, like this one and, and, and you want to um, check out the podcast, it's uh, Commit First. Just go to iTunes and search Commit First. You'll find the podcast. I interview amazing entrepreneurs that have been doing amazing things, including like Pat and JLD. They were on my show twice, both of them. And um, and um, also um, just Instagram. Just you know, DM me on Instagram. Let me know that you're here, that you saw the show, that you got some value. I would love to hear from you. Just feel free to DM me on Instagram. Uh, and if you DM, the, DM me the word vision, I'll send you my vision spreadsheet. Uh, there's no funnel actually behind it. I'll just, I'll just send you my spreadsheet that I used to build my vision. Um, it's a template I made out of uh, my own spreadsheet, including examples from my first initial sheets. Um, so feel free to send me vision on Instagram and I'll send you that sheet. Super cool. And uh, who should be my next guest? Oh man. Um, I think you should have Calvin Raymond on. Not kidding. Like, um, if you're looking for the entrepreneur, I think like Kelvin Wyman has amazing stories. Um, he's, he's an amazing entrepreneur. I really recommend you. He's a great speaker as well. Um, and uh, he's just, you know, under the radar. He's not like famous, like all these big entrepreneurs, but definitely um, would recommend Kelvin. He's one of the best interviews um, I had. Um, if you want to have more, but yeah, this is one amazing guest. Thank you so much. Segi Shribar, everybody. And uh, check Thanks, this guy man. out. Mental toughness, entrepreneurship as spirituality, and creative career. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Yes. Thank you, Simon. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.